The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. We are in this process of talking about stories. And uh, we're excited. This is our fourth week. Last uh, tomorrow, I mean tomorrow, next Sunday, I uh, can't talk, uh, we are going to end up this series and um it's been just a really really great series um but i'll tell you this have you ever been to a movie that was a downer like like just like a downer like you know you pay for entertainment so you go expecting some entertainment but it's too real life it's like listen i didn't need to go pay for this i live it you know what i mean and so i don't know about you but you know it's hard to to go and experience in a movie which is supposed to be i mean i'm buying popcorn i got my raisin nuts you know what i'm saying i got my water cuz i'm not doing cokes right now but but anyway and so i'm sitting there and and if it gets too real it's like I don't know, have you ever left one of those movies where, you know, the, there's really no plot, you, you don't understand, the main character lost, and the main character's not supposed to lose, they're supposed to win, you know what I'm saying, everything's supposed to, you have an hour and 15, 20 minutes to work this whole thing out, and at the end, we're all supposed to leave going, man, I was inspired, but it, it wasn't like that, and it's like, Katie and I have walked, walked um, been in a few movies where at the end, it's over, and we're just like, So what happens? What, what, what? Does he win? Does he overcome? What hap- what's the next part? And I don't know about you, but have you ever left your, your, the, the movie theater scratching your head wondering what, what was that? And uh, listen, you know, I think that a lot of times in our own faith, yes, adversity happens. And, you know, we have a response to our adversity. But either you're going to focus your attention on all of the problems in our life, all of the issues that are going on, and, and, and it's amazing how we get burdened by life and we forget that life is supposed to be lived to the fullest. And that we should have a story that other people want to hear. Now, obviously, I realize me and my wife have had plenty of adversity and, and we, there are times and seasons in life. And there are moments that are very trying. But the story of the gospel is the good news. And as believers, we are to articulate and promote that part. When I met my pastor for, for the first time, I was 20 years old. I, I was just turning 20. And I moved up to Hot Springs. And the, you'll meet him, hopefully, uh, at the... the as we turn the new year, I think he's going to come in January or February. But anyway, um, when I met him, you know, the reality is I was a very hard-hearted young person at this point in time. I had gone back and forth with divorce, a lot of learning disabilities. I kind of had this layer of hard heart, you know, and, and, and not good or bad, but our home was very much yelling and screaming and fighting. And you know what I'm saying? It was like it was Royal Rumble all up in the house. You know what I'm saying? It was, we was real and raw. And, and so because because of that, there was this hardness to, to my heart. And, and I remember seeing my pastor for the first time and I'm walking in and I'm holding all of my history. And he walks in, man, today's great. And I just want to like punch him. You know, have you ever been around those people where it's like, man, today couldn't even be any better. And you're like, die. 
slowly. You know, and I and and so I would talk to him, my pastor, and I would say, I would come up and I'd say, Hey, Pastor Tim, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm having a great day. I couldn't be any better. I'm like, you liar. <laughs> Everybody can be better. Everybody. And so I was coming from this 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 mentality where where no nobody's like that. Like nobody's this happy, nobody's this exciting, nobody gets out and always has a smile on their face. You, you don't live life. And, and so when I was younger, from a distance, I saw this, because I inspected it, I watched it. And so I would go to games where his kids were at, and he would be yelling and, and cheering. And, and when they did something right, he'd be, I mean, and so there was all this life in him, just this life. And I, when I look at him, and, and I, I would look at myself, and, and I would look at him, and, and, and before I knew it, he would cheer, and I would, yeah! And I'm like, what is my arm doing? I don't know, this is crazy. You know, I mean, it was like, I was wanting to mimic this life that I was seeing and so from a distance when I was younger, I thought, oh, it's because everything right happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have a little bit more, more money than we have. You have a little bit, it's because of your heritage, maybe it's because of your history, you, ha, you, don't, you, you don't live like us real folk, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, we get down up, up, up in my house, but, but you, you, you don't really know it, verse, but the closer I got to him, and I did 20 years of relationship, I saw that it wasn't just because of what he was handed, but it was a choice. And he was making a choice because the closer I got to him, the more I realized that there was adversity in their family. There were things that they had to go through. There was hard moments, but there was a choice and he always chose to choose life. Yeah. And as believers, man, you know what? There's something exciting about a story that's full of life. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to those churches where ain't nobody smiling. You know, everybody's been beat by the day hard. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, yeah, you know. And it's like, you know, and then they start talking about, you know, being saved and, and loving the Lord and going to heaven. But they look like hell. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, I don't know if I want to go there. Because if that's where you're going, I'm scared. You know, and I think that for us to have the responsibility of giving and having a life-giving mentality, that's pretty important for us. And I have a few scriptures that I want to look at today as we begin this conversation and unpack the idea that your story matters and how your attitude, your outlook, and your personal choices, that will affect how your story is interpreted. It will affect how people view your story and is it a story of overcoming? Is it a story of victory? I'm not saying that we hide our hard moments, but I'm saying if our hard moments are the very things that define us, then maybe we need a little bit of freedom. Maybe we need a little bit of the Lord to come in and transform whatever wound and hurt that is and make us free. Let's look at a few verses here. James chapter 1, verse 24. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith 
produces perseverance, Perses, produces patience. Okay, now I love the first part, and I just kind of linger on that for a while. Count it all joy when you, when you face hard times. So I don't know about you, but, you know, when you got the flat tire, man, today's a great day. <laughs> Your kids forget their lunch. Come on. And the school calls you or, or, or you know what? You have this issue or there's something going on and there is no time in your day. But all of a sudden the, you get a call or a phone call or the project didn't go through. And then all of a sudden it's real. And at that moment, you're not thinking, great is the Lord worthy to be praised. You know, you're not you're, you're not thinking stage worship lights praise you're thinking who am i gonna kill why, why, why who who messed with my day who 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 was irresponsible what didn't happen who backstabbed me what what didn't play out in my favor does that make sense but the bible says counted all joy whenever there are hard times knowing that it tests your faith and it produces ooh nasty word patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, lacking. Come on, somebody. Nothing. So in other words, you don't get to lacking nothing unless you've gone through some stuff. And not just that you've gone through some stuff, but it's how you handled, come on, the stuff that you went through. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at this. You... Are a simple written on the hearts and known and read by all men. Dang. Clearly, you are an assemble of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is of the heart. In other words, unbelievers don't go read the Bible, they read you. Unbelievers or people who grow up agnostic or atheist, they don't go to the church. They look at Christians and they, 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 they have this sense where they're trying to under, uh, uncover the hypocrisy in believers. Oh, well, you talk about giving, but you don't tithe. Oh, you talk about giving, but you won't even leave a tip to this lady who had seven tables. Well, you know, tips aren't automatic. I'm just saying it's very easy for us to look and, 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 and we're, we're communicating a story that if we're not careful, people are left going, okay, but isn't your religion about love? Who have you loved today? Because all I see, hear you talking about is how bad the world is, how bad the economy is, how bad the president is, how bad our government is, how bad the world is, how bad, how bad, how bad, how bad. I have more fun at, than you on Friday night than you do anytime. And so for our, even our kids, we want the house to be a place that people love to come. Come on, you walking in, we high-fiving, baby, chest bumping, getting here, man. We're excited about life, about to win together. Our kids are growing up, learning about the things of the Lord. They're on Sunday mornings. It's more of a fun, motivational. They're learning on Wednesday nights when we come together. We do men. Men are out there. Women are in here. Our kids are learning about people of the faith. William Tyndale, people, I mean, we're, we're teaching our kids what it means to be a Christian. 
But listen, it's very important for us to realize that we are people. People are reading your responses. Now, 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 that's not pressure because nobody does it perfect. Come on, everybody gets a little horn happy every now and then. Come on. Everybody has to roll down the window and kind of <laughs> show them the way, you know. But, but, but we've got to be careful that we are not led by our emotions and not by the truth that we've submitted to. Second Corinthians 9, verse 6. But I say, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now we're talking about a story that is life-giving. Our responses of life will either fuel our faith or will follow our feelings. And like we read earlier, we are read, we, we are, we are read by all men. So my question today for us is how do people interpret your story? How do they interpret your story? Does your story look like a comedy? Does it look like an action flick? Does it look like drama? Does it look scary? Because I don't know where you're at in your journey of faith, but here's the deal. Our story should look life-giving. Not that we, oh, we're perfect and we're fake and we're, we're plastic, but that we have an answer, and even when it's hard, we come through because greater is he that is in us, come on somebody, than he that is in the world. And so we have an answer, we have an advocate. The Bible says that Jesus is in heaven praying for us. We're not alone. So when it's hard, or when it's stressful, or we can't see how we're going to get through it, you are not alone. Someone is swinging for you. There's a pitch hitter. There, there's someone there working for you so that you can overcome. My assignment today is a life-giving story, and I want to walk through some concepts. John chapter 14, verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the life. So when we accept Christ, come on somebody, then life begins to come and starts to move in our life. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that we are crazy, sipping Kool-Aid and acting like nothing ever bad happens. The reality is we all live life. And there are things that we control and there's things that we can't control. But our happiness is not based on experience or fun or material things. It is a happiness that is birthed in Christ. And so it's different. So we don't process like the world. Yeah, you may have, drive a nice car. You may have a nice house. But it's not really ever about that. I'm going to have a house so that I can have people, so that I can share the love of God, so we can break bread together. Yeah, I'm going to have a car, and yeah, I want it to run, and I don't like 100,000 miles. I like 20 miles, just 20 miles. And so I have a car, and it's nice, and it looks good, and bless God, I, I'm speeding toward the gospel. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm just... it's. We get so caught up on things that don't really matter. And so I don't, I don't want to 
to, for us to understand, yes, there are moments when our outlook, temptations, and current situations get in desperation mode, but it's in those times that we have a choice that we can make, and we have the power to choose it. Life-giving or life-destroying. This is, this is hard for every person. The saint that's 50 years old, the pastor that preaches, or the person that's just been saved a day, this is the struggle on choose this day, come on somebody, who we are going to serve. And so today I want to touch four choices that produce life-giving stories. Four choices that we can make that produce life-giving stories. First one is choose faith over fear. We are called to be believers. Now, let me just tell you this. You cannot be a believer if you, if you don't believe. If you believe that it's all on you and it's all for you, and I'm not saying that we don't work. I'm not saying that, you, I mean, obviously you have to spend less than you make or you're going to be praying for a financial miracle because you're overspending. I mean, I get that. There are choices and Proverbs is in the middle of the Bible and basically the whole concept of Proverbs is be wise, be wise, be wise, be wise, be wise. Verses in the Bible, in Proverbs, are saying, hey, young man, don't walk on that side of the street because that girl will entice you. She'll bring you in. You better, you better walk on the other side. There is wisdom, but then there are things that we, we can't control. But I'll tell you this, we got to choose faith over fear. Yeah. When, we, when it gets hard, what do you believe? When crisis happens, what do you believe? When you're offended, what do you believe? Because as a believer, we've got to live above our circumstances. That's right. Oh, I'm just having a bad day. It's just a terrible day, Lord Jesus, because it's come right now. I'm just waiting for the trumpet. I've been jumping in the backyard trying to. Come on. We were put here to, 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 to build the kingdom and to reign. And, and, and if we're just going to be whooped down by everything that happens to us, then we're not living a life of victory. We got way too much drama. You can look at Facebook. People have Facebook fights all the time. <laughs> block, anti-block, block, anti-block. And, and I know, because I, I know how it is. Someone says something, and it's almost like you're compelled. I have to wrong this right. I have to teach you where you're wrong. I, why do my hands want to type something that's like, ah. and, and, and you just get sucked in to this conversation. And I've met people that are like, I can't even do Facebook anymore. I just make my, make, make my stress level go up. Listen. Drama. Everything's broke. Everything's bad. Everything's hard. Everything's not working. If that's the way we are, and that's where we're at in this season, I'm not about to say that, uh, that um, people don't get there, but there are choices that we are making. And yes, we've had some things happen to us that were up, up, above our control. And I get that. But I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the things that are in our control, the responses that are in our control, and what we can do. And God gave us these hands to produce something. To produce life. To produce something. And if what you're putting your hand to is not producing, then there needs to begin some questions in your mind. What 
What's going on? Because God created this concept to work. Listen, we speak to the mountain. We believe in faith. We believe that God's going to come. We believe that God's going to open a door. We believe that we're not alone. We believe that God's going to move in our family. We don't believe, well, I guess my kids are just going to go and they're going to be terrible. And you know, you got to sow your wild oats. That's what they told me. You just got to go. So I don't believe that. I'm praying against that. I'm praying. I'm doing the best that we can. And my kids are going to see us do a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. But in all that, I'm praying that they see a dad that repents, a mom that repents, kids, parents that kind of do it right, that we're not perfect, but we are pressing on toward the calling of Christ in our life. And so I'm not, well, you know, We believe in faith. The Bible makes a difference. The message of Christ makes a difference. And we, as the people who have accepted that message, have to understand that. The second thing is is that we choose to be generous. That that, that if you're going to have a life-giving story, some of the most happy people in the world are givers. The Bible speaks of giving and giving financially. And so here, even in this ministry, so I'm getting ready for all the, all the hearts to go. I had a pastor friend who I, I, uh, we were talking not too long ago, and he goes, man, every time I preach in tithe, tithe goes down. <laughs> I was like, holla. But I want to just walk through this. Generous people, come on. Now that we are, and I'm a parent. So at Christmas, I'm just jacked up. I'm jacked up because I don't do Christmas well because when I buy something, I want to give it right then. Like I can't, Dad, what'd you give? Okay, have it. <laughs> Let's open it together. Sit, sit. Uh. I mean, I just, I, I can't wait. I just want to give it. You know, and so I'm just, I'm the worst person because if I buy you a present, I'm just going to give it to you because I can't hold it. Now, when I was younger, I loved getting. Come on, Grandma, send $5 in the mail. You know what I'm saying? Forget the card, get the cash. Woo! Mom's like, did you read the card? There was a card? Well, I just, I just thought this was in my hand. When I was younger, that's how I lived life. I wanted to receive. But now that I'm older, come on. Katie and I have been able to bless people. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to give you a, a history of our blessing, but we've been able to give cars away, guitars away, things. And, and, and it's awesome as people start to, to be able to give, then it changes your perspective. And the people that I know that walk more in freedom and more in life, they're givers. That's just how it is. Even in this ministry. Now let's talk about this. You know, those of you who are giving here, you're helping us touch this city. Since these church doors have opened, since we opened in February, so we're, we're, we're still, you know, nine months, you know what I'm saying? You're, we're, we're sucking on our thumb here. But, but in the nine months that we have been a church, there have been life-giving stories. Over 30 salvations, over nine baptisms, over three people filled with the Spirit, over seven outreaches. I I mean, what's happening here is God is starting to do something, and you're here not by accident. You're here because someone gave, 
and we were able to have this facility. The guy over next to us, the heating and air guy, came to me last week and said, hey man, if y'all ever get big enough, we would love for y'all to take this spot. I said, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I will, I, I'm there. And I was like, how much pay? <laughs> and rent. And I was like, oh, it'll be a while. <laughs> I mean, but, but the reality is, absolutely. You know, I would love to have a room for framework. I would love to have a room where, where the men and people could meet and we could do framework and we could do all, without tearing down every five seconds. But four times out of the week, this building is being used to teach and train and mentor people. Four times out of the week, on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday. I mean, we, we, we are moving and building something here. We just ha baptized uh, last week someone who came to an outreach. Yeah. Well, I want to know what, come on, y'all, come on. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Come on, I, we're excited about what God is doing here. We're able to do a life group in Fayetteville for college students, and they don't got nothing. And, and there's 20, 20 college students doing life. And next weekend, we got families opening their homes to feed them. Come on, we just want to feed you. And, and we know that you're away from your family. And we just want you to come. And we want you to be around some kids that run around and ask you too many questions. Because we want you to feel like you're at home, baby. I can't promise you when, you will probably be sticky when you leave. But hey. You'll be fed. Listen. On November the 19th, we're going to do a love project at Saving Grace Girls Home. All of the, all of the um, life groups are going to get together. And we're going to go there. There's 13 girls there right now. And, and I want to get them gift bags. I want to do, and we're still trying to figure out how we want to do it. But I want to get them some makeup. I want to get them. I want to, I want to bless them from our church. I want to show up. And I want to spend about two to three hours there. I want to paint. I want to do whatever we need to do. I want to bless and love them because I know what happens when we begin to give. October the 30th. Yes, uh, you know, I don't know where you're at on Halloween. And I'm just going, I just like diving into messes. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I, I don't, I just jump over the fence and figure out there's a dog there later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, but I'm going to just tell you this. Halloween, no Halloween, whatever you do. But I am telling you that we as a church will always provide an opportunity so that kids can have fun. We have their whole life to develop them in theology and what God's going to do and how God's going to do it. But, but I, what we're going to do here is we're going to have a bunch of games out. We're going to be out in the yard. We're going to barbecue. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a little family fun. Our kids are going to be able to get some candy. And, and if they want to dress up like, you know, Moses or whatever, don't bring them like Freddie. You know what I'm saying? But, but, uh, yeah. but if they want to come, come on to the house. Come on to the house. That's where we're going to October the 30th, day before the Halloween. What we're doing, and if you've been here at any time, you, you have seen what God is doing here. And I realize that, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Who are these people? That guy is crazy. That pastor over there is crazy. His wife's nice, but he, I don't know about him. You know? 
And I, and I get it. it. It takes a little bit of time to build up your trust and, and build up. But, but we have been here for, for nine months and you've been able to see the fruit. The whole book of Philippians is a thank you letter from Paul to the church about thank you for giving offerings and for giving your tithe and financial support. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will pour into your bosom for, the, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Even Winston Churchill knew about giving. And he said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Come on. For those of you who are tithing and giving and generous, thank you. Thank you, because I'm telling you that we're impacting people and God is setting up appointments and we are able to move forward. And for those of you that you maybe you just haven't decided yet if this is it. And if you're new here, there's absolutely no pressure. We want this service to be a gift for you. But if you've been here and you, you, you've experienced our children's church, you've experienced our youth, you've experienced our life groups, you're seeing what God is doing, then I am asking you to get financially involved so that we can help the city, and that we can train and teach people to go to the next level. Come on, somebody. Come on. We got to choose to walk in love. Come on, that's a choice. Because love isn't always the first, <laughs> first thing that we end on. When we choose to walk in love, people are encouraged. You listen, I can't wait for our next series. Our next series is going to be called Unity, and we're going to do kind of a, a, a chapter. We're just going to study a chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and we're just going to dive and talk about four or five lessons just in that one chapter. So I'm super excited about that. But I'll tell you, it's always easier to see the lack in someone than their potential. It's always, to see, it's always easier to see what someone's bad at it's always easier to see, oh, uh, 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 uh. it's always harder to love somebody. Listen, and what I'm saying is this, closing off because of hurt and rejection, becoming skeptical in church, I understand why that happens. But can I tell you this, fear, rejection, all of this diminishes your ability and capacity to love. And the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. It also says that God is love and that love is a fruit of the Spirit. So here is the equation. The farther that you get away from love, the farther that you get away from God. Because God is the source of love. And let me just tell you this. You don't grow in love. You grow closer to God. And he's able to fill you with that love for people that you, you really have a problem with. And we all have those people. Come on, you got a list. Don't say it. Don't point them out. Don't point them out. Don't nudge them. Listen. Listen. In reality, maybe the real problem is not who hurt you, but your distance from the one who can heal you. You hear what I'm saying? Someone tweet that, holla. You listen. My encouragement is that you would not become bitter people, but that you would allow the love of God to come in your heart, begin to transform you so that you would be on the, on the road to better. Yeah. To better. 
The last one is this. Choose to repent. These are choices that help us stay life-giving people. We've got to choose to repent. And I'll tell you this, one major way from our story to go from life-giving to life-destroying is sin. Sin will always be a separator between God and us. And can I tell you that no one in this room is perfect? No one, not me. And do not think for one moment that because I am the pastor of this church that I don't have to do the same things that you're doing. The bottom line is I may, gift, I may be gifted to communicate it, but I'm not gifted to live it. Everybody has to make a choice. And everybody has to choose. And, and, and as long as you're faithful, come on, more freedom will begin to come into your life. Listen, the reality is this. Roman tells us that we all fell short, and yet in our stupor state, God reached down unto this muddy, nasty, stench-filled cesspool of pride and selfishness and rescued us from our drowning wickedness and brought us up and cleaned us off and gave us Jesus. When we sin, there is a separation and it's like jumping back into what we were taken out of. See, repentance has gotten a bad rap and it's been more focused on the wrong that you've done rather than the healing that can come. See, God knew we would mess up. When Mike, just this last week, don't tell her this story. Don't tell, don't tell the story. Don't, don't tell her, Hallie Kate that I told you this story. But, but, but okay, so I had, I, we were hanging out, and I'd bought her a, a Sonic drink, cheese sticks. She was with me most of the day. And so she bought a 20-ounce root beer from, like, Walmart. It was like a dollar. And uh, it was over on the counter, and I took a drink. She got so. I just. And I put the lid back on. And she was appalled that I would. How. She paid for that. And so I just looked at her and I said, I opened it up, took another drink, put it down. She, you know. Went off to her room. <laughs> she was there for like 20 minutes. I never got her. Anyway, she came back out and I had a dollar fifty out and I said, Here, here's your money. And I said, But from now on, I'm not gonna buy you anything. You're done. Anytime we go buy something, you'll have to bring your own money and you'll have to buy for everything. And I said, Hey kids, tomorrow we're going to donuts. Oh, Hallicate, bring your money. <laughs> And so we started to talk. And we started to talk about how people who give. And, 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 we, and I said, how many things did dad give you today? That you would withhold from me one sip of mug root beer. Come on, I know it's special. <laughs> and the reality is this. 
God has done everything and he's given everything to us. But because of something that gets in our heart or because there's a moment, we withhold what he wants and what he wants is us. He wants us. And that's why we repent. We don't repent so that we can keep tallies on who is the best church member. Gold star, gold star, gold star, gold star. We don't. We have repentance so that people can leave victorious, be free, be victorious, and have a life-giving story that other people meet you and go, what's different about you? What's up with you? What's going on with you? And so what I want to communicate today is that God has a life-giving story for you. And so here in just a little bit, um, Ben, will you help me move this off? We're going to have our time and and for those of you who've never been here before what we do is is normally we make space in our service and we have these offering uh buckets here and people come down and you'll see people pray together but before we do that before we do that i want to just have this moment where we begin to worship and if you are in a place in your life where you just need someone to pray for you I have two other verses real quick. Go ahead and put those up and you can put this back up, Maggie. I'm sorry, I went back and forth. And and, and I want everything that we do, I want you to know that there's a scripture behind it. Like we're not just trying to come up with things that we think are cool. But in Acts chapter 3 verse 19, it says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing, come on, may come to the presence, uh, come from the presence of the Lord. Another verse, go ahead and switch to the next verse. 1 Timothy 4, 14. Do not neglect the spiritual gift that was in, within you. Paul was talking to Timothy that was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with laying on of hands by the prebrisy. Presbytery, I know the word. All right. Okay, Acts 6, 6. Look at this. And these they brought before the apostles after praying, laid their hands on them. And so here's the thing. I would hate for you to be in a moment where there is something discouraging, wrecking, rejection in your life and you not be free. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.